The biblical book of Hosea has a lot to say about a great modern-day leader of America. Learn about the coming clash between his religious supporters and God's one true church. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. My booklet titled Great Again discusses uh, the modern-day Jeroboam, a type of the ancient Jeroboam, and Amos 7 and 2 Kings 14 uh, also deal with this subject. It shows that Jeroboam had some good work and he had some bad work. But now I notice more deeply that Hosea is another book that discusses Jeroboam in this end time, or a, a modern-day Jeroboam, a type, or the ancient one is a, is a type of this Jeroboam, or the other way around, I suppose. But I've never really understood Hosea this much before, and I'd like to discuss this subject with you and just ask you, well, why is it God spends so much time in prophecy talking about this end time Jeroboam? And it's all related to three nations of Israel that the United States and Britain in Prophecy book that we have will explain to you. And we've been sending that out now for over 50 years. But Hosea really enlightens this subject, and I want to talk to you about that today. If you look in Hosea chapter 2, this is an end-time book, and I'll show that to you here. Verse 18 says, And in that day, that always means this very end time that leads right into the second coming of Jesus Christ. And on down in verse 21 it says, And it shall come to pass in that day. There it is again, this end time. It's good news. It all leads into the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then it says in verse 22, And the earth shall hear the corn and the wine and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel. So there's a lot of good news here. And this in that day always is talking about this end time and these events you're seeing around you now that are going to lead directly into the second coming of Christ. Then verse 5 of chapter 3, it says this, Afterward shall the children of Israel return, and seek the Eternal their God, and David their King, and shall fear the Lord and His goodness in the latter days." So it's in the latter days, and this is the gospel about the return of Jesus Christ to this earth, and David being the King of Israel, and God, or Christ, sitting on David's throne. This is the gospel. This is a time when Jesus Christ is going to rule this earth forever and the universe. And that is a hope that you will find no place else, and you can prove it very, very easily. I'll just read this to you again. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the eternal, they've been corrected, and seek the eternal their God, and David their king, and shall fear the eternal and his goodness in the latter days. So these uh, prophecies of Amos are contemporary with the prophet Hosea. They both prophesied to Israel, and it's all prophecy for this end time. Now, uh, Hosea was focusing mainly on the end 
time part of Hosea's rule in 2 Kings 14. And then uh, verse 1, let me read that to you. The word of the Eternal had came unto Hosea the son of Beri in the days of Uzziah, Jothan, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. But his message was not to those four kings of Judah. Here's where his message was directed. And in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. So this was Hosea's commission, is to reach out to Jeroboam and Israel. That's, that's what God wants us to do. Then he talks about, we'll see that it talks specifically to the nation of Ephraim, or that, that's just the modern day name of Ephraim is Britain, and it's talking mainly to them and to America and to the Jewish state, really three nations that you can learn all about in the United States and Britain in Prophecy book. And of course, all of our literature is free, but Hosea proclaims this problem, and it all revolves around Jeroboam the second, and uh, the moderate, which is really uh, for this modern-day Jeroboam primarily. So the Great Again booklet will explain all that to you. The Amos booklet will make available to you if you don't have it. But God is also concerned here about His own church. So it's dual. It's to three nations directly three nations of Israel, and to spiritual Israel, God's own church. And I'll show you that more uh, near the end if I have time to get into it, and I think I will. But notice 2 Kings 14, verses 26 and 27. For the Eternal saw the affliction of Israel, that it was very bitter. For there was none, any shut up, nor any left, nor any helper for Israel. And the Eternal said not that He would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but He saved them by the hand of Jeroboam the son of Joash. So God says there's going to be somebody this end time Jeroboam that's going to temporarily save Israel to keep the very name of Israel from being blotted out, which would include in particular the spiritual message that is being delivered by God's spiritual Israel, or His true church. This book of Kings is from the former prophets. Now, that means it's a book of prophecy, and primarily for this very end time. That's what it's all about. Three nations in particular are going to be saved for a short time, and Amos is going to make that a little more clear to us. Let's turn there, Amos 7 and verse 8. This book is for the end time, and you can easily prove that in the booklet, but I think you can see it even as we read these scriptures here. And the Eternal said unto me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, A plumb line. Then said the Eternal, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. This is the last time God is going to deliver His message, His message of warning. He wants to warn us about some of our problems and how they're leading to 
really very bad times if we don't learn some lessons. So we all need to listen to this. Verse 10 says, Then Amaziah the priest of Bethel sent to Jeroboam king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. Now this is for the last message God is going to deliver, and it and it's about Jeroboam, a modern day Jeroboam. What is this all about? Then verse twelve. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O you seer, go flee away you into the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there, but prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it is the king's chapel and the king's court. So Jeroboam is saying here, well, look, I uh, I have my own chapel, my own religion, my own court, my own ruling area, and the the head of this. This nation, the superpower in particular, and so that's a real problem, of course, with God. And we need to understand that. But Amos goes on to say that, look, Jeroboam has his own religious group, and then Amos comes on the scene and says, Thus saith the Lord, that this is God speaking, it's not from a man, this is what God says trying to get Jeroboam to see that, and Amos was focused on something very different than Jeroboam was. He was focused on, Thus saith the Lord. This is His message, it's not mine. Now that uh, this is God talking to man. Notice Hosea 5, verses 9 and 11 talked about Ephraim, among the tribes of Israel, have I made known that which shall surely be. This is God talking. I've made it known. Do you know? Do people know? Well, He's made it known, anyhow, for people, if they were to be seeking God. They could certainly see that. Then He says in verse 11, Ephraim is oppressed and broken in judgment, because he willingly walked after the commandment. Well, now God is telling us why this is a problem. He says, though, here you have some of Israel walking willingly after the commandment. Well, wait a minute now. That's not the commandment of God. What is that? Well, He's talking about uh, this commandment, and it's addressed to Jeroboam. That's what Hosea 1 and verse 1 is all about. And he's saying, This is the commandment. They're listening to a man, and that man is Jeroboam, not God. That's the problem. And that's what we all have to be concerned about. And this is that end time Jeroboam. In the theological word book of the Old Testament, they describe Hosea 5 and verse 11 this way. He was content to walk after man's command. Of course, a man's command, and that man was Jeroboam, and someone that is typed by that Jeroboam is on the scene today. The Hebrew Chaldee lexicon has this to say, to have a signification derived from that of excrement, to give you an idea of what God thinks about this message that Jeroboam is talking about at this time, and Amos is talking about. Then let's look at Hosea 8, verses 5 and 6. 
Why does it say this? Your calf, your calf, O Samaria. Well, there's, they have a calf there. What, what is a calf doing there? Then the last line says, But the calf of Samaria shall be broken in pieces. Well, what, what is Samaria doing with a calf? <laughs> what, what's that all about? Well, let me read to you what Herbert Armstrong said on this subject. This is from Mr. The Ages. He said, Thereupon the people decided against the royal house of David. They named as king Jeroboam, who had occupied the office we would today call prime minister under King Solomon. Since Rehoboam was seated on the throne in Jerusalem, the people of Israel chose a new capital some distance north of Jerusalem. Under a later king, Omri, they built a new northern capital at Samaria. Well, how, how, what do you know about that? These are the ten tribes of Israel that broke away from the house of David and the throne of David, and then they had their capital in Samaria, northern Israel. And Samaria means what? It's not Jerusalem, but Samaria, and that's just another word for. Uh, where the capital was for uh, Jeroboam. And then they, the strange thing was, uh, let the men sacrifice and kiss the calves, it says in verse 2 of Hosea 13. It even says to kiss the calves. Well, what is that all about? Well, let me just read to you something again where uh, it says in 1 Kings 12, verses 25 and 26. This is from the booklet, uh, Great Again. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. He was getting worried. 1 Kings 12, verses 25 through 26. He feared that the people would return to the house of David. They had just broken away, and he wanted to keep them separated from King David's throne. God had even explained the importance of the house of David to Jeroboam. Read 1 Kings 11, verses 29 through 39. But he rejected God's instruction. That's what Jeroboam did. Here was his great sin. And it goes on a little later to say, Whereupon the king took counsel, and made two calves of gold, and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. See, he wanted to stay there in uh, where he was, in the town that, or city that became Samaria later. Behold your gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Well, 1 Kings 12, verses 27 and 28, that's a, the most terrible idolatry ancient Israel had as they were coming out of Egypt. That's where Moses was so angry, he threw the commandments that God had given him, uh, written by the very finger of God, and he broke them because he was so enraged at what Israel was doing. Now, see, this is the commandment that uh, we're talking about here that's coming from Jeroboam and these, uh, these nations of Israel, three nations of Israel are being affected by this, and especially uh, Britain and America. And what was Jeroboam's cardinal sin? It was that he rejected the house of David and the throne of David that is going to be, going, uh, that Jesus Christ is going to sit on forever and rule the earth, and rule the universe. He's going to sit on it forever. 
See, that was his cardinal sin. He said, I'll, I'll have no part of it. That is, Jeroboam said that. This is a, see, again, the, is actually God's throne. It's not David's. But David's going to be the king over Israel because of his loyalty to God. Now let's look at Hosea 5, verses 8 and 9. Blow you the cornet in Gibeah, and the trumpet in Ramah, cry aloud at beth Aven. After you, O Benjamin, Ephraim shall be desolate in the day of rebuke. Among the tribes of Israel have I made known that which shall surely be." Now this is what God has done. He's made it known in, the, in Israel. He has made this known. And in verse 1 of chapter 8, it says, Set the trumpet to your mouth, just like it's fixed there. Set the, this trumpet to your mouth. Prophesy again and focus on prophecy, because time is so short and, and everything is so very bad as far as world events are concerned. The verse goes on to say, He shall come as an eagle against the house of the Eternal, because they have transgressed My covenant and trespassed against Me. So God is upset. But notice where God is also talking to His church very directly, and more directly than anybody else, because they ought to know better than, than what they're doing against God and even getting into the very spirit of Jeroboam, if not more. So let's go back to Hosea 1 and verse 1. It says, And in the days of Jeroboam the son of Joash king of Israel, that's the last part of that verse, that's where Hosea's message is, is directed. Then in verse 2, The beginning of the word of the Eternal by Hosea, And the Eternal said to Hosea, Go, take unto you a wife of whoredoms, and children of whoredoms, for the land has committed great whoredom, departing from the Eternal." Now, here, this is really a strange situation. Here is a prophet of God, Hosea, and God tells him to go and marry this harlot, and she is, she's a wife of whoredoms, and her children are children of whoredoms, except for one. Except for one. And that one we need to focus on most of all. But he's talking here, see, about people who have departed from the Eternal. Well, Israel today, the nations of Israel today, have never even known God. They have not known God, but only God's little flock, or the remnant, or the very elect, knew God. And well, the whole church knew God, but. Ninety-five percent of them departed from God in this end time when they needed to deliver this message. That's the greatest crisis on this earth. I don't suppose many people would believe that, but that's what God says it is. Notice what it says in Hosea 3 and verse 5. First part of the message is about God correcting his adulterous wife. God commands Hosea to take an adulterous harlot as his wife. The main purpose for Hosea marrying this woman is to illustrate the behavior of God's wife in the latter days. 
God was married to the nation of Israel, but divorced her. This truth is taught throughout the Old Testament. God is not married to the nations that comprise Israel today. He is married only to His church, spiritual Israel. Only that church is God married to today. And they are the first fruits that are going to sit on David's throne with Christ as His bride to help Him rule the world and the universe. That's how they are going to be rewarded for proclaiming this message of Hosea in the rest of the Bible. It's quite a reward, but uh, these people knew God really well, really well. And then notice in Hosea 1 and verse 3, So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, which conceived, and bare him a son. Bare Hosea a son. But the other ones did not have Hosea as their father, not the biological father. Remember, this is a wife of whoredoms. And God is displaying this for all of us so because of the way He feels about what Israel is doing and how they're transgressing. And He's concerned about that, and He wants to save them from some terrible disasters. And he's warning them and hoping that they'll listen and repent. Another quote from this booklet, Hosea, Hosea is a type of Jesus Christ, and Gomer a type of God's church. The first child in Hosea's marriage was the only one begotten by him. The first child came out of the rebellious wife in the latter days. And that was the God's true church. There were three children that really all came away from a rebellious mother. But one of them was different. One of them was doing what God said he ought to do. Two of them were illegitimate. But if you look at Jezreel and look at it closely, I'll, I've got to have another scripture here to, to read. But it, Jezreel means God sows. God sows, and He's sowing the truth through Jezreel, the only one. He's talking about what happened to His own church in this end time, at the time of the Jeroboam came on the scene. And God says, now this, this, this is the right work. Jezreel and his supporters are sowing the seeds of God, the very Word of God. They're blowing the trumpet and doing everything they can to get this message to a Laodicean church of God, and that's spiritual Israel, the church, and in particular, three nations of Israel. Now this is a powerful message, and God loves all of us, and He's trying to get Israel to repent of their sins. All of us, we've all sinned against God, and God always tries to keep us out of serious trouble if we'll heed His message. The second child was Lo Ruhama, which means no more have mercy. And then the third child was You are not my people. Very bad names, you can see. But notice the end of all this. Hosea 1 and verse 10. He says, this, Here's what's going to come to pass You are the sons of the living God. See, it's all going to end well in this day of Jezreel. It's going to be a time when God is going to rule on the 
throne of David forever. And then He's going to take the first fruit out into the universe and all of His family that is converted into His family and solve the problems of the earth and the universe forever. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. The Biblical Book of Hosea has a lot to say about a great modern-day leader of America. Learn about the coming clash between his religious supporters and God's one true church. Like all of the minor and major prophets in the Old Testament, the primary focus for the book of Hosea is the end time. The message delivered anciently was only a type of what is occurring today. It contains a tremendous warning that must be delivered now. Hosea was written first of all to God's disloyal church in this end time. God deals with His church first because that is the most important issue by far. God's next major concern in this book is the British people. After that, God is concerned about the nation of Judah, called Israel today. A major whirlwind is about to swallow up these groups, but the end result will be glorious. Request Gerald Flurry's free booklet, Hosea, Reaping the Whirlwind, to discover God's boundless love. His church and chosen nation have betrayed him countless times, yet he will forgive them the moment they turn to him again. Understand the majestic reward that awaits all who choose to repent of their sins. The Hosea booklet has been updated with new material also in Gerald Flurry's free book, The New Throne of David. If you don't yet have a copy, order The New Throne of David today. Also request Gerald Flurry's free booklet, Great Again. America experienced a strong resurgence under the last president but your Bible warns against the false religious system supporting him. Understand the prophecies being fulfilled in America today as a powerful religious movement takes on the radical left. You'll also receive a free copy of Gerald Flurry's booklet, The Lion Has Roared. The Book of Amos is a horrifying nightmare about the deadly events to occur just before the second coming of Jesus Christ. There's no stronger message in the Bible of the one who delivers it, Amos says, the land is not able to bear all his words. Understand how this message relates to the whirlwind in Hosea and to the political power struggle in America today. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Hosea, Reaping the Whirlwind, The New Throne of David, Great Again, and The Lion Has Roared. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 
For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.